Welcome back to another episode of Small Town Big Takes. We are on episode 41, hitting the panic button. Are, are we close to hitting the panic button? I mean, it's NFL Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of the best days of the week. Joe and I are back in the booth. We're back seeing each other. We have the chem back. I mean, the Eagles. The Eagles, man. I mean, it was our lock of the week. We let our listeners down. And I'll be the first one to say it. I was locked. I was ready to see them, you know, hit the spread, win the game outright. And, you know, the Jalen Hurts flu game that everyone's talking about, oh, he's got his Jordan gear on. Pulling up with Big Dom. Pulling up with Big Dom, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm sitting back on my couch. It's five, and I'm seeing that, and I'm like, ooh, Jordan flu game, here we go. And you know what? I saw the total opposite. I saw a Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert flu game where Draymond gets thrown out in the first quarter because he played okay, and then he just took it out on everyone else. Um, that was I, I didn't think it was a good game by Jalen or the Eagles at all. Yeah, no, I mean, I look at this loss kind of like the Jets' loss. Um, I don't see it in the same light as I see the Cowboys and Niners. That was a little bit easier for me to swallow because but in both cases, the Niners and Cowboys were both off 10 days rests, and the Eagles were in the midst of their gauntlet. But after this game got flexed, I mean, I was sure as could be. This was the strongest I felt all season going into a game. I thought there was no chance we lose, and then Geno Smith gets ruled out last minute, which... In the eye of the fan, it looks like, oh, great, you got Drew Locke. But from the football side of things, the team is preparing for Geno all week. So I'm sure that was a bit of a surprise. And give credit where it's due, Drew Locke played great. I don't know how much of that's our defense being bad, giving him the opportunity, or him actually stepping up to the moment. But played a good game. You know, DK Metcalf, quiet first half, gets going. There in the second, Smith and Jigba burns Bradbury for uh, what ended up being Bradbury's 10th allowed touchdown this season. And... It just it's a shame chase because you dominate time of possession, you're getting the first downs, you're getting them off on third down, and you know, Hertz throws that deep one to Quez, which it really feels like bad things happen when you target Quez, but never I'm not I'm not blaming the refs. We should have won with or without this call, but Julian Love, in my opinion, did commit a pass interference on Quez Watkins, in which case you would have got the ball at the one. You know what we would have done, and it would have been twenty four thirteen with eight minutes left. Game would have been over. You know, it would have been a gritty win on the road. The whole world would be looking at the Eagles differently right now. But that's football. Seattle, they played a good game. You know, Julian Love, two picks. It hurts, Chase. But Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over too much. And you can't win like that. No, you can't. And Joe and I get on Josh Allen for his mistakes. We get on him for the turnovers that he has because he's led – he leads – all quarterbacks in turnovers since 2018, since yeah. he joined the NFL. But we're talking a guy who we praised in Jalen Hurts, who was tied for him with 17 turnovers on the season. Um, currently 12 interceptions and five fumbles. Um, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, turnovers last year to this? Only only six interceptions in the whole season last year. Yeah. Granted, he missed two. two games. One was the Giants, which, like, he wasn't going to throw an interception there, in my opinion. Are you talking games he missed? Yeah. I thought he, he played – I thought he missed the Saints and the uh, Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Did he miss the Saints? Pretty sure. Oh, you're right. Because Marshawn Lattimore picked six on yeah, Minshew. and then he had to play the Giants game. Yeah, and he wasn't ready, but he came – yeah. Just the first half. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But, yeah, no. So, in more games – to have just that many more interceptions, terrible. You know, we still got three, or in less games, excuse me, we got three games left, and he already has double the picks of last year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so we're missing Shane Steich and safe to say. I mean, I've, I feel like just from watching it, like, it was pretty to watch. I looked forward to every Sunday. We were moving the ball, putting up 400 yards of offense a game, and now this year it's like... You know, also you look at last year, how dominant were they in the second quarter? Mm-hmm. They were blowing... Exploded. The margin of difference was like... I think it was like 100 by the end of the like year. One, it was like 120 to like 
25 or 30 points. They were blowing out teams in the second quarter. And, you know, you know, I'm listening to stats. I'm looking at other stats. But generally from a football mind, if you are up by at least 10-plus points in the first half, going into the second half, the other team's going to have to drop back more, pass more, and they're playing from a deficit, which puts the defensive backs, line, linebacker safeties on their heels. They have to play straight football, not allow any yards, not allow any more points because then it gets out of hand. And now this year, the Eagles aren't dominant in any quarter. Yeah, I mean, Chase, last night I'm watching the game with two Steelers fans. They look at me, they go, this looks like the Matt Canada offense. Just throwing screens, like trying to – I mean, Hurts had 13 carries. That's not necessarily the way the Steelers would do it, but just the dink and dump, the check out, and then forcing the deep ball. It's so predictable. I mean, you throw it into A.J. Brown on that last drive after you had the timeouts. You were at midfield right after Hertz runs it for 15 yards. You had time to get two plays off, and Jake the Mooks would have came up, drilled a 55-yard, or you going to OT. With these, and here, here's my problem. J- A.J. Brown came out uh, and said something today. been about the buddy ball comments. Buddy ball comments and all that, and here's my issue. He said, you know, all these media guys think they know anything, but he was like, Jalen – had the right read to go to me because that's the play call. Well, the play call's wrong. Yeah. If that's the play call, <laughs> we have a concern. You know why we have a concern? Because Devontae Smith, a 1,000-yard receiver, a 100-reception receiver, Overlying. is open in the flat, running right there. He's right in front of you. You're going to pass it five yards. He's going to get an extra 8 to 10. You have a first down, and you are driving and marching down the field. And you know what? You might even score on that drive instead of punting the football because you're going to be marching and you're close to the 50. Yeah. But you know what Brian Johnson does? Oh, look at AJ for the deep ball. No. Why? That's not the play there. This this leads me back to my Josh. And you don't need to force one on the sideline when you have the timeouts too. This leads me back to my Josh Allen thing. Stop trying to act like a superhero. Take what's there for you. You know what Jalen did last year? Took what's there for him. And what I see, third down, third and eight, second and nine. You know what he takes to Goddard? Goddard's old, reliable for him, and I think Goddard needs to be more involved on those plays when he's trying to get it to AJ and Devontae because then he can just be as old, reliable where it's like, hey, if those deep routes aren't there, if those deep crossers aren't there, I know I have Goddard because Goddard can beat a tight end any day. He can find an open hole when Hurt scrambles. You know you got Goddard. And you know what also is my biggest pet peeve? How did Detroit use DeAndre Swift? They would give him, I mean, not much on the goal line, a lot of giving passing, getting him in open space. What was that key word Joe just said to me? Passing. He was involved in the passing game. Would get five targets a game minimum. What made that's made him so electric in Detroit. He is not involved in the passing game whatsoever. And if I'm Howie Roseman, I made the trade for Devontae Smith because I know Miles Sanders wasn't able to get involved in the passing game. I know he wasn't. So I'm going to let Miles Sanders walk for, four, for like 20 mil for four years while I can get DeAndre Swift for one year, 1.75 mil, who can catch the ball, run after catch, and make plays. He did it against the Eagles week one in 2022. I mean, Joe, what what is going on? Yeah, and Chase, I just pulled up his old Georgia numbers at Georgia. In three years, all three years, he averaged nine yards per reception. He's a playmaker. You get the ball in his hands, and he makes plays. And not only that, Chase, like you were talking about, you got to take what the offense gives you. You just brought up a good point in that. I'm thinking back to last year. Think about how much you would see, like, and these aren't, you know, they're not our best playmakers, but think about how much you would see, like, Grant Calcantara or a Jack Stoll just catch, like, a, you know, a little drag over the middle for 15 yards, and Turtz just hits them wide open, you know? It feels like this year it's all Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and those are three great players, three Pro Bowl players, top of the league at their position, but it's get, that's why it's getting predictable. Like, you go out and get a Julio Jones, so let's see if he's got something left in the tank. He gets one target last night. Like, he's, he's open all other plays. The film shows it. You know, I mean, and the ESPN replay was exposing Hurts a little bit last night. Like, it would show an incompletion, 
A.J. Brown gets 10 targets, has five catches. Devontae Smith only had five targets, and he made five catches. He was open on a lot more of them. So it just it hurts me to see after a play that didn't work out, seeing guys wide open. So, you know, I get it. The play call's a play call. You're trying to respect your offensive coordinator, but you got to take what the off Like you said, you got to take what the offense gives you. It's a big boy league. These defensive coordinators are smart as you know what. And there's a reason why, like, you know, you see the jet sweep come into the league, and in two years, no one's doing any more. D coordinators have it figured out. Like, they figure stuff out, they make adjustments, and you got to take what the defense is giving you. And we're not doing that right now. We're making it so much harder on ourselves than it has to be, and I firmly believe that it is not a personnel problem for the Eagles. I watched this team go to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, it's not the same exact team. My opinion, I like the roster more this year. I really do. I, I seriously think we have a coaching problem. We're missing Shane Steichen badly. And Chase... I got to give you your dues here, too. You were you were calling the Brian Johnson problem out, you know, probably, what, week six, week eight? And I said, hey. I would say maybe week four. Like, it was early. 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 But, and I remember midseason, I gave you a stat on the pod. Well, you know, this same, this week, whatever it was, we got more points scored this year than last year. Well, that was a nonsense stat. And, well, it was, it was a true stat at the time, but now we definitely don't. Like nonsense. I understand. Yeah. Now it means nothing to me. And you were right. Brian Johnson shouldn't be the guy. And I think... I don't know if this is too much of a statement for Sirianni, but he already took Sean Desai's defensive play calling duties. What if he uh, has to do the same with Brian Johnson? I don't. I mean, at this like you can't be worried about what the media is going to say. Obviously, they're going to be talking if you do that. You know, it's it's week sixteen now. We're switching up who's calling plays, but you can't just keep rolling this out and seeing the same thing every week. You know, this offense over the last three games has put up sixteen points. You didn't score a touchdown against Dallas. That's unacceptable when you have this kind of talent. Yeah, uh, I think you hit everything on the head. Um, my problem also is the how predictable the offensives. Christian McCaffrey's on the Manning cast calling out. That's embarrassing. You know how embarrassing that is as a. Uh, and then he was, he called it out, and then he was like, "They did it wrong, though. This is what he should have done." B gap. <laughs> I saw that clip. Yeah. Um. Right now, Brian Johnson is not capable of running a NFL offense, and it's just a fact. There's nothing else to be said. I am tired. I am. T I can't tell you how tired I, I, I am of the back-to-back -back wide receiver screens, tight end screens. Why? And, Why? and it's like I saw like Devontae Smith's the lead blocker. Smith is the lead blocker. The smallest guy on the team. Why isn't Dallas Goddard the lead blocker for Why Devontae Smith? Why are A.J. Brown over there? Minimal. Or Julio Jones. Those are both 200-plus pound bodies. Instead, you get the 170-pounder out there blocking a safety. Yep. And why are we running so many screenplays? When I see explosive offensives, when I see the Eagles' explosive offense last year, they ran maybe one to two screen passes a game. And you know who they were to? Dallas Goddard. And you know who was a lead blocker? Grant Calcantara and A.J. Brown. And they led block for him. And those guys are the big boys, big yeah. boys who block for Dallas Goddard, who can get 10 yards because he's a great run-after-catch tight end. He is. Loves the contact. He loves the contact. I love when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, he's a great yak tight end. Too predictable, and the Hurts design. You're going to get the guy killed. I mean, same thing happened this time last year against Chicago. Yep. Remember, he got 18 carries in that game. Big defensive tackle landed on his shoulder. I mean— what are we doing? The guy was in the hospital on Sunday. They had to give him fluids before the game, and you're going to run him 13 times? Like, it's a QB run. Yep. <laughs> like, seriously? Give it to the... You have the... You have DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell. Fresh legs, yeah. Fresh legs. You got Scott, and you could have brought up Penny if you need to. Yeah, Penny was played four snaps of football. Yeah. Use them. The problem is you can you're not gonna win when you have that many attempts with Jalen Hurts. You know where Jalen Hurts is the most dangerous? Outside of the pocket. When he can create the space by himself. And run if he needs to. He had a couple runs where like, yeah, everything's locked up, he runs it. Great. No, every quarterback should do that. That's the right play. But forcing these design runs. Oh my goodness. I'm just gut so he gets hit. Yeah, it's a long season. The guy's sick. You know, it's December football. He's beat up, and you're running him 13 times. Inexcuse. That's probably that might be the number one thing that bothered me the most out of that whole game is him having 13 rushing attempts when he's questionable all week and in the hospital. Yeah, the play calling is terrible, and I don't understand why it's still 
happening. I mean, A.J. Brown did call it out today. He said, we can only do so much for what we're being told to do. And I think that's, that's not being exploded as much as I want it to because that speaks volume. That says, we don't trust our offensive coordinator. He's not calling the right plays. This team misses Shane Steichen, like you said. The players miss Shane Steichen. Brian Johnson doesn't know what he's doing. Right now, Nick Sirianni has to take over play calling. And this is where it comes down to, and this is where I'm going to get to you, and I think you're going to agree with me. If Nick Sirianni takes over the play call, moves into the type of offense that they ran last year with Steichen, because he knows what Steichen did. Like it's, he knows Chase, what Chase, put me and you in there. Start the game. Run the ball. Get the big boys warmed up. And just get, get the, the play action going. Then, then it's second and short. You take your deep shots. Like That's what it was last year. It was beautiful. It was. Beautiful. RPOs. Loved it. You run that type of offense. You have exactly what Shane Steichen did last year. You have notes on it. You have everything about it. Sirianni runs the offense. If he fails to do that, then maybe a whole coaching turnaround in the Eagles organization needs to happen, which I think, you know, isn't unrealistic because if, you know, Sirianni isn't able to do what his job, you know, labels him as, then maybe he shouldn't be our head coach anymore. I love him. I think he's a great guy. I think he gets these guys going. But if he's not able to manipulate, not manipulate, but copy the same offense that Sykin brought to the Eagles. We have the blueprints. We have the blueprints. Use them. And if he's able to Don't reinvent the wheel. Like, if it ain't broke. No. And if he's able to do that, okay, fine. Brian Johnson is a terrible play caller. Sirianni's a good coach. He's able to do that. He's able to adjust adapt okay we're good he's a great you know speaker up front he gets these guys going and he can call the offense great we'll find another offensive coordinator next year who can you know kind of adapt with him call the plays like Steichen did and get Jalen Hurts going but that's the main issue right now agree now to switch it up a couple bright spots I did see some Keely Ringo got one of his first starts in the absence of Darius Slay who you know Really, there weren't many reports on it. We knew he had some knee soreness and that it was flaring up on turf, but all of a sudden, Adam Schefter drops a bomb. He gets a knee surgery, won't return till hopefully week 18, maybe not till playoffs. It sounds like definitely playoffs, though. But anyway, Ringo gets a start. Looks great. And Eli Ricks, a guy who had some trouble earlier in the season, is really starting to come into his own, made some big pass deflections. So. And then, of course, Jalen Carter, the rookie, another Big sack. Um, thank you to Pete Carroll for uh, that one. It wouldn't have counted if he didn't call a timeout and the refs didn't get a second look at that. But yeah, Carter, fifth sack of the year. And then Sidney Brown flying around, laying big hits. He just he needs to wrap up. I think he had two missed tackles that um, ended up hurting us pretty bad. But he's playing with heart. He's playing with effort. He's running around. And I, I think I see the potential with Sidney Brown. I do too. Let's, this Eagles defense has you know, bright spots in the future. And next week, you're for sure going to get Zach Cunningham back. He almost was good to go this week. You should be getting Kobe Dean back. You know, I'm not going to – Shaq Leonard, bad game, missed some tackles again, but I'm not going to give up on him yet. It's, you know, he's just getting into this new offense. I still believe in Kevin Byard. You're about to get Avante Maddox back. Sweat and Reddick are some studs on the side. I still believe in the personnel. The pressure on the outside from the edge rushers. What's going on there? No, yeah, we're not getting – well, I think part of that's too is that – Two things. One, receivers are getting open so quick. And two, I feel like it's game plan. Like you see like how Shanahan had Purdy come out and just get the ball out in under a second. No passes over 20 yards. I think that's kind of how teams are coming at Philly this year. Saw the Cowboys do the same thing. Dak was just all, here we go. And then doing his thing right out, out as quick as possible, not holding the ball. Because this team, I mean, pretty much the same D-line. You swap out Carter for Hargrave had, uh, you know, broke the sack record last year with was 80 sacks, 70 sacks. So, you know, they definitely have the guys. Hassan Reddick didn't get his, his uh, sack streak, got broken. He still has 11 on the season, but didn't get home last night. You know, I think the, the personnel and the bright spots that this defense has shown still keep me holding on to faith. You know, you held Miami, that high-powered offense, to 17. You locked up Kansas City off a bye, held them scoreless in the second half. I know Mark. Was valid at Scantlin. If he doesn't drop that ball, touchdown, Chiefs may win that game. Twenty left in the yep. fourth. You had them scoreless through, let's say, 27, uh, 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
You say you play well. I mean, you held the Bucks, and they're uh, you know they got playmakers on that offense. Held them to eleven points at one point in the season. So there's been some bright spots. I mean, the Bills really got the best to you. Niners, Cowboys, you know, Seattle. I thought the defense, from a points perspective, we did only let up twenty points last night, which I get it, Drew Lock. But I feel like in this NFL, if you hold a team under twenty one, it's a pretty good show. Just with how high scoring the league is these days. So I'm not giving up on the defense. Matt Patricia, I thought he did okay. You know, I mean, and you got to give him short week for him. I mean, he just takes over a whole new unit. Like, I can't expect it to be perfect his first week. The zero blitz. I, yeah. I, just, I need to see more need blitz. To. And the only reason why is because the receivers are getting open so quick. You have to get home somehow, get pressure on the quarterback, and especially guy guys who aren't as mobile then you need to like Josh Allen like I get like he's going to be able to scramble get get out of the way but like a Tua we were blitzing a little that Miami game that was huge Tua Tommy DeVito Brock Purdy like those guys you can blitz they they don't escape the pocket well absolutely but speaking of Tommy DeVito segueing into um this week's game another Monday night game um the Giants are coming into Philadelphia the Eagles for the first time in 3 weeks will be back home Chase, who do you like in this one? The Eagles opened up as a 10-point favorite. It has been bet now. They're now almost 12-point favorites, sitting at 11.5. It's excuse me, it's on Monday. It's Christmas game, but it's not Monday night. It's going to be a 4.30. Just want to give a quick correction there. Yeah, I, I mean, they should win this game. If they lose this game, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. Um, I really don't. I mean, my only thing to say is that they'll win this game, and if they don't even beat the Giants by 12 points. I mean, that's embarrassing. I mean, Agree, yeah. Tommy DeVito, a quarterback. The Giants put up 13.5 points per game. Yeah. That's 31st in the league. Their last in pass yards per game, 31st in total yards per game. Just a horrible, horrible offense. I mean, if you let that offense get going, I mean, then there's issues all over the board. Weak O-line, bad receivers, old tight end with injury history. Running back now with over a thousand touches, running out of gas. It's just the offense is abysmal. You got an undrafted rookie going. I get it, you know. He had some lightning in the bottle. He's three and two as a starter, but I don't want to hear it. Tommy Cutlets should come into Philly and get we should have eight sacks and win by twenty one. Will we? No. Probably we're not. probably gonna win in like the last two minutes on some not, yeah. you know. But I'm not gonna say bet the spread. I'm not gonna tell you to you know, bet the money line just because you're going to get no value. But the Eagles should win this game. They need to win this game. And if they lose this game, I'm officially hitting the panic button, and my panic will be at a 10 out of 10. Right now I'm at – I'm only at a 5 right now. I feel like I'm a lot cooler than a lot of Birds fans are. Maybe I'm, you know, a little delusional. My Super Bowl bet's talking to me, but I still have a lot of faith in this team. But if we lose on Christmas, it's going to be a Christmas to remember. Yeah, I mean – it's going to take over the Deshaun Jackson miracle. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be saying, how did this Philadelphia team lose to this Giants team? Which I hope it doesn't. I don't think it will. And if it does, <laughs> fire everyone immediately. I don't know what else to do. I'm not saying actually fire If you lose this, the season's like, over. The season's over. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, you get the five seed. Okay, you go beat Tampa. Then you're going to get blown out by Sam Fran. Yeah. You need to go 3 and 0 here and this my I need this personally I need to see a blowout. Yeah. One of these 3 games I we need to win by 14 or more. I want to see what we did to the Giants in MetLife last year when we won by 30. Mm-hmm. I need if I don't see that I'm going to be not happy cuz that needs to happen for this Eagles team right now. They need to see that on the scoreboard. That's so good for the locker room. Oh yeah. Now moving into the tight NFC matchup playoff race. we got the Saints at the Rams. Rams Rams are coming in minus four. Um, Joe, this Rams team looks good. This offense looks amazing right now. Honestly, like Cooper Cups like looks fully healthy again. Puka looks like a rookie cup. I mean, they got weapons. Kyron Williams, too, is a dog. I mean... They're, they're good, and I and I don't. I think they're a danger seven seed. One hundred. You don't want to play the LA Rams right now. No, they're hot. You don't. And for this game, I'm all 
Rams. Stafford in his last four games, 12 TDs, one pick. Kyron Williams last five games has 110 yards in each of them. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, I don't know how you guard them one-on-one. Last four games, this team has dropped 28 points, 31 points, 36 points, 37 points. They're 10-4 and four against the spread. Sean McVay's having maybe his best year as a head coach. They're on fire. And I look at the Saints. They're 7-7, seven and seven, and Chase, these are their wins this year. All right? You beat the Titans by one. You beat the Panthers twice. You thumped the Patriots. Okay. You beat the Colts. Good win. You beat the Bears by a touchdown. And then you beat Tommy Tommy Cutlets and the Giants. They don't have one good win this year. You know, whatever. The Colts, sure. They played a backup quarterback on the Colts. It was the week after Anthony Richardson went down for the year. The Colts, they didn't have any fire. They got they laid an egg that week. You know, terrible week for the Colts. Oh, no, no, excuse me. That was the Patriots I'm talking about. The Colts, they did. That was the same week, but they beat them by 11. But anyway, Saints really don't have a uh, win that jumps out at me. And... I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Rams offensively. Derek Carr, good week last week, three touchdowns, probably the best week he's had. Exactly. Against the Giants. I got the Saints to win, or the Rams, excuse me, to win and cover here. They're at home. Big week for the Rams, and I think they're really starting to look at their schedule. Like, we can win out and get in. And Seattle, with that win on the Eagles, does put some pressure on the Rams now because Seattle has an easy, easy remaining schedule. The Rams, it's going to come down. You're going to have to beat the Niners in Week 18 if you want to get in now, probably. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, Stafford's been playing great. Like you said, these receivers have been great. Um, and Derek Carr isn't that good of a quarterback anymore. I was on the hype in the beginning of the season to be like, you know, Derek Carr comes in, you know, maybe this offense gets going. Derek Carr has Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. He has Alvin Kamara. Like, he can get stuff going. He has a good old line. No, nothing. And he just looks terrible um i don't trust him as a quarterback anymore i don't think he's i think he's outlived his little glory days in las vegas and i think he's just going to be one of those average quarterbacks for years to come now in new orleans so i like the rams here i even like them to cover um saints on the road it's always hard uh for them to cover the spread and even win games so i'd love the Rams here, and I love Kyron Williams to go over 100 yards. He's like, I think he's going to torch this defense. As soon as he breaks open the game, Cup and Puka are going to be flying around the field. And with no Marshawn Lattimore, still presents a tough matchup for the Saints. They got a debut to throw on one of them, but I don't know who's stepping up to guard Puka just probably. Nakua in the slot and have him run over the middle. Yeah. Yeah, could get. I mean, you could try and bring the honey badger down, but I don't think he's got the uh, the legs for that anymore. I don't think he has it anymore. No. So, yeah, we're all Rams on this one. Minus four. I, I love it. Not quite my lock of the week, but, you know, we'll get into that at the end as we do. But I'm um, staying in the one o'clock window now. Big, big AFC North matchup, or what could have been, um, in Steeler, in Pittsburgh, excuse me. Bengals head down at eight and six now. Can Jake Brown and keep it going? Chase, over the last six games, he does have. 1,300 yards and a 74 completion percentage. Playing better ball than Joe Burrow right now. The $260 man, $270 million man. Um, here, I mean, this is the only thing I have to say, uh, realistically. Mason Rudolph is a starting quarterback. And Pittsburgh's minus two? Cincinnati's. Cincinnati's minus two? Yep, on the road. On the road, give me Cincinnati to cover. They're easily going to win by three. All right, you got the defense of Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they're getting hurt now, though. They're getting Minka's out. T. Higgins is going to— Other safeties, and then another one of their defensive players just got suspended for the season on a controversial hit on uh, Pittman Jr. Yeah. So Here's the thing. This offense is going nowhere. Nowhere. The team is— just quitting. I mean, I'll tell you, if, if TJ Watt didn't have 16 sacks right now, I don't know if this team is a win. Like, he carries the team. team. He is the definition of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is their team. Yep. He is their heart and soul. George Pickens is done with this team. Deontay Johnson's done with this team. Najee Harris seems like he's done with this team. Like, no one loves playing for the Najee's just... Yeah, he's... In, just, in three years, Najee has almost 1,200 touches. 
Like he's been, he's gotten worked. That's a problem. Because you got to remember when he was a rookie, he was getting all those checkdowns from Ben. Yeah. And then now the last two years, they've just run him into the dirt. Yeah, which is a problem. Yeah. So Najee pretty much not looking good. And the other thing, sneaky, sneaky, uh, good season here. Player on the Bengals, Trey Hendrickson has 15 sacks. Yeah. I think he might uh, get to know Mason Rudolph real well. Hopefully everyone's helmet stays on. Yeah. But um, yeah. A little uh, um. Steelers O-line's not looking too good either. So. No, I mean, you take a left tackle in the first round, you know, out of Georgia, Broderick Jones, and then you move him to right tackle? Played left tackle his whole life. You draft him in the first round as a left tackle, and then you just decide you want him to be a right tackle? It's those type of moves for me that just... The only bright spot I do have to say about that O-line is Isaac Sayabalu, who was on the Eagles, hasn't allowed a sack. or Great play. Just one sack. I miss him. I mean, we don't need him like that. We don't need him. I mean, Cam Jurgens, I think, is better than him right now for how he's playing in the run game as well. Um, we, I mean, as an Eagle organization, you can draft any decent O-lineman and turn him into something great unless it's Andre Dillard, which, I mean, he is just awful. He's soft. You just have to have Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson tell you who to pick in the draft, and that's it. But I love the Bengals here. Um, I love Jake Browning to keep torching and doing what he's doing. He's staying hot, and he's going to continue to stay hot against the Steelers' defense. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are due for a big day, along with Joe Mixon. I, I agree. I see it for sure. Yeah, no Jamar Chase, like you said, but T. Higgins is healthy now. Great game last week, two uh, acrobatic touchdowns. So T. Higgins, we know. Glad to see him back on the field. I got the Bengals winning and covering on the road here to somehow go to 9-6. and six. Yeah, this is crazy without Joe Burrow. And that slow start they had, too. I mean, who saw this coming? Wild. But moving on to another game featuring another team in the AFC North. You got the Browns. Going down to Houston, playing the uh, Texans. C.J. Stroud still questionable to play. The Browns are two-point favorites. I think this game, Chase, really comes down to the health of C.J. Stroud, although the Browns got to be one of the weirdest teams in the league. Four different starting quarterbacks this year. Three of them have a game-winning drive. Yeah. It. It. I mean, hey, Joe Flacco's looking good, but is this sustainable? I mean. Yeah, this, that's my thing. Like, yeah, you can say. And I was like, I was – a little high on it when they signed him because I was like, oh, they have a stable quarterback who's just going to take the right throws, who's not going to be an idiot and hold on to the ball too long like Deshaun Watson. DTR is just not ready. P.J. Walker I don't think is bad, but, you know. I just I think we know his ceiling. Solid yeah. backup. Solid backup. That's all he is. I mean, he's not going to win you a ton of games in the NFL, but he's not going to lose you a bunch of them. But... You know, Flacco steps in, they start winning games. It's also because of this defense. You know, I, I know you love this defense, love Joe. It. It's one of the Eagles' former coordinators and Jim Schwartz, who I think should come back to Philly. I would love him to be our D.C. Um, but this defense has just been dogging people, absolutely dogging people. And I think it continues, but like you said, does a Joe Flacco miracle continue? In Houston. Is C.J. Stroud going to play? Is he still questionable? Still questionable. But the other thing, too, with that is, like, even if he does play, Noah Brown's questionable with a knee injury. Nico Collins questionable with a calf injury. Tank Dell out for the season. So, like, who's he throwing to? Damian Pierce, I don't know if we're ever going to see him as a starting running back in the league anymore. I think they I mean, they just don't like him. You know, he gets he's fully healthy now. He gets one attempt last week. Devin Singletary at 26. So... Ah, man, I think even if he does come back, it's going to be so tough against this defense with limited receivers. I think the Texans, I think their best best days are on behind them this season. Yeah. I think that little run they had where they got to 7-4, and four, C.J. Stroud was dotting up Collins and Tank Dell. I think that's going to be the best you see the Texans play this year. And I, it's not a knock on C.J. I still think he's a great player, but just, you know, the Texans were projected to win four games this year. They already overachieved. C.J. Stroud looks better than anyone could have hoped. They got a bunch of young players. Will Anderson Jr. also questionable this game. So I just think the Browns, you know, Kevin Stefanski's got this team playing well right now. Best I've seen the Browns since that year when he won coach of the year and they went to the playoffs, won a playoff game. I'm, I'm rolling with Miles Garrett in that Browns defense this one, whether CJ plays or not. Because I'm thinking, too, concussion. He hasn't been able to watch film. He's just been sitting in a dark room throwing up probably. Like, 
He got his bell wrong on that MetLife turf. Oh, yeah, no, he slowly did. Um, I I like your take here. Uh, Browns by two. Uh, I like it. And if CJ plays, if are CJ, you taking Texans outright? If CJ plays, I'm gonna be more torn towards the Texans just because. If he if he plays, I bet the line switches to like a pick'em or Texans yeah, favorite. I think it would be a pick'em if he plays. Speak the line. We have it at two right now. It literally just moved to two and a half. Yeah. Interesting for the Browns. Yeah, if he plays, then yes, but maybe with the line moving, he might be more yeah. trending towards out. Um, they might, if they're smart, I would say, like, you know, I would say, you know, you're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Look what happened to, to Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just just give him another week's rest. You know, like it's okay that you don't make the playoffs this year because you're not going to make any noise. He's the franchise. Like he's the franchise. You got to protect him. him if it came to it, shut him down for the season at that. Like you cannot mess this up. Yeah. You you had Deshaun, that went south as we well know. You can't lose another franchise yeah. quarterback. He's, he's a franchise guy. Because Chase, I mean, before all the allegations on Deshaun and before he held out, Deshaun was. One of the best quarterbacks. Top five, like pretty universally accepted as a top five quarterback. The league in passing yards in 2018. Yeah, with like. Yeah, and the team was terrible. I think he had like 5,000 something yards. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And Wolf Fuller and D Hop. Mm hmm. Was going to the playoffs consistently. Like they were looking real good. So you cannot mess up another franchise quarterback if you're the Houston Texans. If if you're smart, ownership. Just let him. Just let him sit it out. He took. He took a hard hit on the MetLife turf. If you saw it, you, everyone knows how hard the hit was of his head hitting the ground. I just think it's smart for them to take this week off for him. Davis Mills won you a game. See if he can win you another one. Um, but I like the Browns to win here. One hundred percent. And it, like you said with the Davis Mills, it's like if you roll Davis out there and he somehow got another win and then CJ gets to 100% healthy. Then you roll CJ. Yeah, and then next week you roll CJ. And Davis played a full season last year. It's not like he's sure. new to it. Yeah, he's, he's experienced. I would call Davis a tier A backup. Yeah. For me, at least. I mean, because he's, he, I mean, he put up decent numbers at the start. He's kind of on that Gardner Minshew tier for me, yeah. like elite backup. I mean, also, last year, he didn't really have anyone to throw to. No. Who did no. he have? Last year's best op would have been a Brandon Cooks and like a banged-up Robert Woods. Yeah, Cooks had 1,000. So still was giving him yards. I they mean, didn't have Mechie. Uh, Mechie needs to come into his own now. He had the medical problems, didn't play his whole rookie year, but now he's 100% healthy, and he's really not producing, not getting separation, so... Not going to call him a bust yet. You know, he just hasn't played enough games, but they need more out of him for yeah. where they drafted him. Agree. Agree. Now, moving on. Interesting, interesting game here. It means a lot for both teams. you got the Jaguars sitting at 8-6 and six, going down to Tampa as a one-point favorite. The Bucks are 7-7 seven and seven, coming off a big, big win. Probably Baker's best game as a Buccaneer. And, you know... I'm a guy who's been critical of Baker. I've wrote him off before, but you can't help but be happy for the guy, you know? He gets a fresh start down there in Tampa. Everybody's right in Tampa. They can't win the division. You know, it's the Saints division to lose. Third nods for the division. And all of a sudden, Baker's got this team playing right. Mike Evans breaks 90 touchdowns this year. Shout out Mike Evans. He's a Hall of Famer. Just produces, you know? He's got to be one of the most underrated players in the league. Chris Goblin gets going for 155 last week. Rashad White. Another one of those Kyron Williams-level underrated backs. The guy is healthy. He's always available, and he just finds his way into the end zone. I'm a Rashad White guy. Great hands for a running back, too. They can throw him out in the slide. I would call Rashad White, no disrespect by this, a Walmart Alvin Kamara. Yeah. That's how I see him as a player, and I like what Tampa's doing. As a matter of fact, Chase, I'm going to take them to get the win out here over the Jags. The Jags... They're beating themselves. We've ripped apart this defense. They're, the defense is underachieving in all facets, and now with no Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley's not filling the shoes that he needed to, and I I would be shocked if Calvin Ridley's a Jaguar next year. I think they're completely disappointed in the experience. They rolled the die on him, you know, trading for him while he's suspended for the betting, and he's just not doing it this year. Looked great in camp. A lot, he probably broke the heart of a lot of fantasy managers for everybody seeing those uh, route videos of Calvin Ridley this summer. You know, Ridley was going, his ADP was the second round this year and, you know, hasn't lived up to that at all. Not to, uh, you know, bring in the fantasy too, too much here. But, yeah, I'm taking the Bucks here. I think they have a vision now. They see themselves winning this division. 
They still got some veterans. They still got some championship DNA on this team. And they're getting healthy at the right time. I think the Bucks are hitting their pinnacle when they need to. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it now. Everyone is so high on Trevor Lawrence. What has he proven? What has he proven to us? I mean, all that he's shown me is he had the worst rookie year I've ever seen with nine touchdowns and 17 yeah. picks. I mean, yeah, you can be like, oh, Urban Meyer, but he still had 17 picks and he's still only had that nine is touchdowns. Stupid. That is terrible. And here's but, Chase, if, if, that, if it was anyone else that wasn't named Trevor Lawrence, they would have not even got a second chance after that year. It's Jalen Hurts. Oh, boy. I can't even imagine. It was the prince who was promised from Clemson. He won. never lost a game in high school. Never. Did you know that? Never lost a game in high school. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. thanks for showing me the graphic, Al Michaels. Thanks for showing me the graphic, Chris Collingsworth. Thanks. I didn't know that. I could care less about high school football. Here's what I know from the prince that was promised. I watched this entire game in the college football semifinal playoff. I saw Justin Fields as a dog with Ohio State go in and show Trevor Lawrence what's up. Fields outplayed him straight up, and they went on to win outright. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Calvin Ridley is not getting involved is a problem. Yeah, I mean, Chase, we saw Ridley. He went for 1,400 yards with a washed Matt Ryan. Two years ago, he's not old. He's not washed. He still gets separation like no other. The separation's been a problem. I don't know. This year, he has dropped some balls. In the defense, in the defense of T-Law, but I'm saying, like, I completely agree. Ridley... I, that's why I want to see him on another team. Yeah, I, I think he can be more dangerous on another team. You know, Trevor Lawrence picks who he likes to target or his favorite targets. Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk, Say Jones. And then followed up by Evan Ingram. Yep. Ridley's one of the last And then ETN out of the backfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, literally his last read. It's ridiculous. He is not the prince that everyone should be talking about. Everyone's like, oh, Trevor Lawrence should be in the MVP uh, talks this year. No, he shouldn't. He's, ter- he's not that good of a quarterback this year. He's he's really not. He's not outstanding. He's not making game different. They're 8-6 and six with an easy schedule. Yeah, like severely easy. V- yeah. Like very easy. And like, the games they're losing are games that they sh- kind of should win, but they don't win. Chase. Tell me. 66% completion. 3,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 picks, averaging 7.2 yards per attempt. He's like... It's like That's like a middle... That's like you're getting better numbers out of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I would rather have Kirk Cousins. That's just... And, and, and that, surprisingly, his numbers are up on his career. His career completion percentage in the NFL is 64% with 6.7 yards per attempt. Which is terrible. Terrible. 55 touchdowns, 35 picks. <laughs> It's not good. I don't know why. I don't. My problem is the hype around. I don't understand the hype. The media hypes him up. It's, oh my God, it's Trevor Lawrence. Oh my God. What about him? And it has to stop. And you know what Baker's going to do? He's going to roll. He's going to have Jacksonville roll in there thinking they're going to win this game, but they're going to beat themselves again. They're going to keep beating themselves, and Baker's going to be like, I'm winning the NFC South. I just had the best passer rating in Lambeau as a visiting quarterbacks and the best passer rating since Aaron Rodgers in this field. I'm going to show you what Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and I can do. And they're going to win this game. This defense has been playing well. And I would say Baker has this team just uplifted. They know they can make the playoffs. They know they can make some noise. They're playing fun football. They're play- yeah, that, that's a great point. Just they're playing with no pressure. Whereas like the Jags... Their over-under was 11 and a half games this year. People like myself took them to get the one seed because of that easy schedule. They got a world of pressure on them, and they're starting to feel it. Yeah, easy. And it's not like their schedule's as hard as, like, the Eagles or the Chiefs. No. It is a cake. Not even the Cowboys, nine. No, no one knew. Drumming the true team of the Jaguars. Like, could you imagine if the Chiefs had this schedule? They'd be, like we said, they could be 12 and three right now and everyone would be like oh their wide receivers aren't really that big of a problem but with the schedule they have they're talking about they're talking about the drops so i like tampa to win here at home i don't know if they cover the spread but i do like them to win this game it's a pick them it's only a one point yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. i I like them to win this game um i do think it would be close but i think baker comes out firing he's feeling himself jags are on a three-game losing streak too 
they got some bad. Who were the two before Baltimore? Got beat by the Browns and the Bengals with Jake Browning. Jake Browning out. Jake Browning outplayed. Jake Browning, Joe Flacco outplayed Trevor Lawrence. That that's a problem. A serious problem. A backup quarterback out outplayed you, and a guy who was sitting at his parents' house in um. Where's he from? Flacco. Yeah, he's right around here, in South Jersey. Really? Yeah. Why was he? Why does he live with his parents? I think he's just there to oh, spend okay. time with them. Nice. He has nice. a house down in Avalon uh, Beach. Hmm. My uh, family, one of my families is like neighbors with him, but he's just showing at his parents' house like two weeks before he gets called up. Gets called up, goes and beats Trevor Lawrence. That's a problem. That's a serious issue. This Jaguars team's just not what I saw from last year. No. That got me a little excited. Yeah, I would say they're probably a top five underachieving team this year. Easily. Have to be. So, I mean, they still got time to write the ship. Best case scenario for them now, they could finish at 10 and 6. You know, 11 and 6. I mean, we'll see. But I can't imagine I can't imagine a world where they go into like a Kansas City or Baltimore and win in the playoffs. I even think the Bills would love to get their hands on that. If you remember, the Jags beat the Bills. Their best win of the year, they beat the Bills 25-20 when the Bills were going through it all. Yeah, right after Milano, like all that going on. I can't imagine the Bills uh, losing to them again. So I think no, not at all. there's no chance they go to the AFC Championship. Not even close this year. So sorry, Doug, you know, love you, but you got to get it right now. Yeah. You got to. So I think he's going to be on the hot seat if they're like a first round exit or somehow choke the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those. I mean, you that, the tank that this defense week. looks Like they need a new defensive coordinator. I don't know what's going on there. One hundred percent agree. I mean, I mean, you're about to go Tampa. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs just because you go Tampa, Panthers, Titans. I mean, if you lose to the Panthers and Titans, there's an issue. Serious issue. So now moving into the four o'clock window. Got the Cowboys after an embarrassing loss going down to Miami. Chase, you think the Cowboys uh, rebound a little bit, or do you like Tua and the Finns to keep rolling, coming off a thirty to nothing blowout versus the Jets? Give me the Finns, B. Give me the Finns. You know why? Because I love Miami at home. Miami's a nothing against the Jets. The Jets defense. Again, I get it. I get it. Oh, the Jets aren't that good. But this defense has been playing their hearts out no matter how many points their offense puts up. I, you know, they don't care. They play their hearts out. And Miami exposed them. They ran it up 30 to nothing. They put up 30 points of this Jets defense. Tua only had three incompletions the whole game on that Jets defense. Yeah. They run the most. With no Tyreek Hill. They run one of the most motion set offensives in the league. I think it's. They might be second to San Fran just because of Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan schemes. Um, that West Coast. The West Coast offense, baby. The run game can torch Dallas. Is Deron Bland, Deron Bland going to keep up with Tyreek Hill? No. You know what he's going to do? He's going to run a little little uh, 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 hitch route, see ya, tutty. Deron Bland's not going to cover Tyreek Hill. Stephon Gilmore is going to get torched by Jalen Waddell. And if Gilmore's on Hill, Hill's just going to beat him with speed. I mean, Gilmore can't keep up with Hill anymore. He's not living in the glory days. And Dallas doesn't play as good on the road, like you said. They're great at home. They're one of the best teams at home in the NFL. They're winless against the spread 0-3 away from home this season. It's hard for them to win games on the road. As an underdog, excuse me. As an underdog. Yes. And Miami plays well at home, very well at home. They play one of their best games at home. They're kind of like Dallas. They play great at home on the road. They're in, eh. And now you have Dallas coming in, coming off a bad loss. Punish them even more. And I think they do, and I think Miami wins this game. Roll fins, baby. It wouldn't surprise me, and I would love it, but I just think Dallas this year, right now, is a little too good to get embarrassed two weeks in a row. I mean, the Bills dismantled him over 200 yards on the ground. Dak Prescott looked terrible. He's a different quarterback on the road. 100%. But 
I just think Dallas is going to punch Miami in the mouth. Miami's a finesse team. Dallas is physical. And when a physical team gets embarrassed in a national TV game, I love them the next week. I also think there's going to be some urgency now with Dallas. You know, I think they're going to be a little fired up seeing the Eagles lose on Monday night. They know that their next two games are Detroit at home, Commanders on the road. Not easy by any means, but winnable. So I think they really might empty the tank here. I hear you on all your matchups, the stats. I understand. I just think, you know, that Dallas defensive line, I think they pull their safeties down. That'll be an issue if they pull their safeties down. Yeah, yeah, the double move on Bland, I know. Bang, bang. See you later, Reek. This is a tough game. I mean, this is the one I had the weakest feel on out of the whole slate. So if you're going to bet it, go with Chase here. He's got a strong feel. I just think Dallas this year, too good to lose two in a row like that. And also Miami should be noted. Oh, and three versus teams with winning records this year. Not own three. Who'd they beat? Uh, did they beat? I know they beat uh, someone with a winning record because it was. I don't think they have. Yeah, they have because everyone went crazy about it. Let's see. I just got their schedule. They have beat. I don't know, Chase. No, they have. No, they haven't. Uh, no, Denver doesn't have a winning record. They haven't. They have not beat a team with a winning no, record. I thought they did. All year. So that matters with me, too. Um, it would be there. It would, I mean, so Miami's got something to play for now, too. I mean, they're, I'm sure they're here in the talk, and it's a big opportunity for them at home. But yeah, because the Broncos now are a losing record. That's what it was, because they did have a winning record. Yeah, Broncos are seven and seven now. Yeah, so that's what it was. They, yep, they had a winning record, so which for for all that matters, they did put a seventy bomb up on Denver, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, but I mean, like you pointed out though, since that uh, seventy bomb, Denver has been only letting up sixteen points per game, so that was a little bit of a wake up call for them. But yeah, yeah. Miami zero and three versus teams with a winning record this year. Throw that out there. I mean, not to say Dallas does much better against teams with a winning record. A lot, all their blowouts—they have seven blowouts this year. Not one of them came from a team with a winning record. You know, and Dallas undefeated at home. Like I said, completely different team on the road. I'm not telling you to bet this one. I think Dallas wins. It would be great for my happiness and the Eagles if they didn't. But I'm taking the boys here in a bounce back week. I like it to your side on that. Okay. But let's roll fence, baby. Let's get him. Get, get me Tyreek on the street. Get me Waddle on the slant. Get me Devon Aiken in the Aiken, 75-yarder. Aiken, 40, 30, 20. Touchdown. This one's getting ugly in South Beach. And Dak looks like an embarrassing I mean, one in South Beach. Dak. Is not looking too hot today, ladies. I mean, that's for for the listeners here. Dak Prescott, twenty-one to thirty-four last week, hundred and thirty-four yards, a pick, three sacks, average six point four yards per attempt, seven point one fantasy points, and a QBR of fifty-seven. So there's your MVP, ladies and gentlemen, Dak Prescott. On the road. Oof. Yeah. No. Oof. I mean, Chase. That doesn't surprise me at all. This is who Dak is. You know, he's a stat stuffer at home always plays the birds tough but when it's a big game when it's the playoffs he folds so do the cowboys it's what they've done the last 25 years and i expect no different come the end of this season agreed there's no chance they come into philly and beat us after we split i think the split might have been a blessing in disguise come the end of the season we'll see we we had mentioned that we were on the loss to the niners Mm -hmm. tough to beat a team twice tough to beat jalen hurts in the four court twice that's the thing. I mean, backtracking one last thing on the Eagles, I, I wanted to slip this in. Is Yeah, we got these coaching problems right now, but there's no set of captains in the league I trust more than Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, and Jalen Hurts. Those five people are leaders of men, and I think they can write the shit. That is a fact. That is a, one of the best facts out there right now for leadership. They are the franchise. They They're built the franchise. it. 
So now one more game to talk about this week, and it's a big one. I've been looking forward to this game for weeks. You know who I got. Baltimore going into San Fran as a five-point dog. John Harbaugh over the last 15 years, one of the most profitable coaches in the league as an underdog. And I'm taking Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Yeah, you lose Keaton Mitchell. It hurts bad. He's out for the year. Explosive rookie. True spark plug for the team coming into his own. Mark Andrews will be back, not for this game. But Isaiah Likely, last two games. Looks good. Real good. Touchdown in each of them, over 50 yards in each of them. He's, you know, he's, he had big shoes to fill, and he's doing what he can. And I, I'll tell you what, when they get Andrews back, this experience for Likely, he's had some time as starters, Mark Andrews. He, he's a pretty healthy guy, but he has had some injury history over the last two years. So, But running that two tight end set now with two legit number one options at tight end going to be huge for Baltimore going forward. Even slide Likely to the outside as a receiver because he's not as big. But that's a beauty up. He's not, but he still blocks. Yeah. I love Isaiah Likely. And he can be a wide receiver three in a set, and you have Andrews. And that's so valuable because then you have a guy like Likely who's got the hands, got the speed, big enough. Like, he's a small body for a tight end, but compared to a receiver and corner, huge body. And then he could, like, you get that Zay Flower screen, Likely lead block. Right there. You you got options with that. He's still got Andrews running us, drag. Ravens offense could be dangerous. Yep. So, yeah, I mean. Chase, this has got to be probably the best matchup of the week, right? I think easily. Close second will be. Close second with Miami and Dallas, but I think this is the game of the week. You have the best AF, AFC team. One seed versus one seed. NFC team, both one seeds. And, you know, I think it's going to be shown. They have two best linebacker play on each team, and the Ravens and the Niners, you know, there might Hands not down. be much in the middle. They'll be shooting gaps. They'll be covering the tight ends. And you know what this might be? Not a huge game for George Kittle because of Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen's physical. Physical cover guy. He might be all over George Kittle. And where's Brock Purdy going to go? You have the corners all over the receivers and Debo and Ayuk. I think this is going to be a true game for when you play a top defense. What's going to happen for Brock Purdy? For sure. And not only that, the Ravens lead the NFL. They average five yards per carry. Now, granted, Lamar's going to buff that up a lot with some big runs, but... They can run the ball. They can keep that explosive Niners offense and Christian McCaffrey watching on the sideline. Ravens get long, methodical drives. They have the defense, first in the league in sacks. It's a great matchup for the 49ers personnel-wise and coaching-wise. They have the coach. They have the quarterback. Lamar Jackson, he hasn't missed a game yet this season. So, you know, he, he Kyler Murray, Chase, I look at that. He's a quarterback who historically has given Shanahan and the Niners problems. When they just faced him this past week, yeah, they, they whooped him up, but Murray had 49 yards on the ground. Jackson's a different animal than Kyler Murray running the ball. So, you know, he's going to have Nick Bosa, I'm sure, in the backfield chasing him around, but he can handle it. And I think the Ravens see the vision now, too, with the Chiefs sitting at five losses where they win this game. They're almost a Sherlock to get the one seed. And for the first time in recent years, have it go through. Uh, excuse me. 2019, they were 14-2. and two. They got thumped in the second round. Derrick Henry, legacy game. First time in a couple years where they have the one seat again and the road runs through Baltimore. So, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would have a hard time seeing, like, a Miami going up into Baltimore in the playoffs and knocking them out with that defense. Yeah, I agree. This defense is playing great, like you said, leading the league in sacks. And you got the the secondary players to match up with Kittle and Ayuk with Rocky Sin, Humphrey. Oh, wow, Hamilton's physical guy. Like, they're good all around. I mean, Marcus Williams. Good. Marcus Williams is bad. He just got injured last game um, against the is Jags. Is he questionable? I so didn't see that he got him. Stones in. Okay. If he's questionable. But still, Gina Stones. Still, and, and you got Chuck Clark, too. Good yeah, depth I mean, there. They're good all around. There's no... 100%. So I'm going to take the Ravens here to win outright. Big upset. I think Purdy comes back down to earth. This is probably going to be the best defense he's faced all year. So give me the Ravens. Now, lock of the week time. Yeah, give me the locks. Chase, who you got? Fins up, baby. Let's roll. I'm okay. telling you, give me the fins. Dallas is going to get embarrassed. Jerry Jones is talking about, um, you know, the Eagles. Oh, it was such a pleasure to watch them lose to Seattle. It's going to be a pleasure to watch you lose in South Beach, Mr. Jones. It's going to be great to watch you lose in Dak unfold and just look like 
plain old deck that we know. Give me the fins. Alrighty. Uh, not a bad, not a bad one at all. I definitely see where you're coming from. 100%. Dak on the road, high-powered offense. I like it. My lock of the week is going to come from a game we didn't get a chance to talk about, but it's the Detroit Lions minus three and a half. If you can get it at that number right now, I'd go and take it. They're going on the road to Minnesota. And, you know, I think the number is what it is because of Jared Goff on the road. He's not the same player on the road. You know, he turns the ball over at almost three times the rate as he does at home. But the key is Minnesota also plays in a dome. Detroit is 6-2 and two on the season when playing indoors. You got 88% of the bets coming in on Detroit to win out, right? They're fifth in points per game, putting up a staggering 27 points per game, whereas you take a team like Minnesota, they're averaging 20 a game, 21st in the league. So, you know, Detroit putting up almost 400 yards a game, third in the league, fourth in pass yards, second in run yards per game. I just think they're a much better team. I really don't understand this line. It seems like a line you could have if Kirk Cousins was playing, but it's going to be Nick Mullins taking the field. So I don't get it. I mean, yeah, you got Justin Jefferson playing again. He's considered questionable again with the chest, even though he just played this past week. Doesn't really matter. You know, you don't have an elite distributor. So what's a, what's a, uh, what's Clay Thompson without somebody passing the ball, you know? Exactly. So I'm taking the Lions big here. I've been on them recently. Um, You know, they the lock hit when I took them versus the Saints. It obviously did not hit when I took them to cover versus the Bears when the Bears were off a bye. But, you know, they rebounded well last week, and I'm taking them again. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So that is going to do it for this episode, episode 41 of Small Town Big Takes. Is it time to hit the panic button? We are going to find out on Christmas. So thank you for listening. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. We'll see you next time on Small Town Big Takes.